Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim continues his message entitled Unashamed from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 12. Jesus told us not to be ashamed of him in the face of this wicked generation that we live in. Paul has to remind Timothy of the same thing. Maybe you need a good reminder today to face the world for Christ unashamed. Here's Pastor Tim. Number four, don't be ashamed of Christ. <laughs> I mean, just simply don't be ashamed of him. He, he talked about at the end of verse number nine about, about Christ Jesus dying for us before time began, or, or you know, the salvation coming about before time began. And he says, but now has been revealed. What does that mean? It's Jesus. You know, he has been revealed as Messiah. He has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So Jesus shows us who God is, right? He shows us who he is because he has been revealed. It's Christ. He's the one who comes to earth. He's the one who lives the perfect life. He's the one who dies for my sins. He's the one who's raised from the dead. He's the one who saves me. Jesus is. He's the one who intercedes for me now in the midst of that. Don't be ashamed of Christ. You know, you, you can hear, you hear athletes, you hear uh, politicians, you hear um, uh, entertainers, actors, whatever, you know, and they get up and, and it seems as if they don't mind talking generically about God. But they sure mind talking about Jesus, don't they? I think it was Mike that was telling me the other day that, that they were at a, at a political meeting. They had all of these, uh, all these folks that were, that were there running for office. And, you know, suddenly everybody's a Christian and everybody's got Christian values. And everybody loves the Bible and kisses the babies and all those things. But then one guy that I'm not going to tell you his name, but he used to be a running back for the University of Georgia, got up <laughs> and talked about Jesus, you know. There's a difference, isn't there? There is a difference. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. It's as if we whisper his name in conversation when it ought to be the main focus. In Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8 and verse number 38, Jesus said, For whoever is ashamed of me in this wicked and sinful generation, I'll be ashamed of him. When the, or the Son of Man will be ashamed of Him when He comes in His glory with His Father and the angels. You know, I, I don't want to be ashamed of Jesus because Jesus said, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Here's a better verse even, I think. It's Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, both He who sanctifies... Who is that? Who's, that's Christ, right? He who sanctifies... And those who are being sanctified, well, who's that? That's us, right? So he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. What does that mean? Jesus said, I and you and you and me, we are to be one just as the Father and I are one, right? So we're to be one together. And listen to what he says. Both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, uh, for which reason 
He, has, he is not ashamed to call them brethren. He's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed to call you his brother or his sister. You belong to him. You are one with him. He's not ashamed. If he's not ashamed of me, then I shouldn't be ashamed of him. I'm sad to say that there have been times in my life where I have failed the test. You know? You know. I mean, if, if, if you were saved at, at any kind of early age, you know that there's some punk somewhere that put you up to a test that wanted to hear you say something or do something against Christ, wasn't it? I failed, you know, a bunch of times because I thought it was more important to be liked than it was to be loved by the one who loves me more than anybody else. We pick our sides, don't we? We'll pick the right side. Don't be ashamed of Christ. Number five, don't be ashamed of your calling. Don't be ashamed of your calling or of the ministry that God has given to you. Look at verse number 11. He says, to which, to which, he's talking about the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. That's Paul's calling, isn't it? Paul's been called to those things. In fact, let me give you this verse. It's in Acts chapter number 9. It's verses 15 and 16. It's what the Lord said to Ananias about Paul when he got ready to, 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 for Ananias to take him in. Ananias said, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. That was his. When he says, I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a teacher of the Gentiles. God called him at the very beginning to be a preacher before the Gentiles, to bear his name before them. I mean, you know, Paul was persecutor of the church. And that, that church reluctantly, if it hadn't been for Barnabas, maybe not at all, finally brought Paul in, you know. And, and they're suddenly, I mean, they're taking the gospel to the Jewish people. You know, early on throughout the book of Acts, it's only to the Jews that the gospel is going to. So we read that verse in Romans, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, both to the Jew first. That's how the gospel started, to the Jew first. Then it goes to the Samaritans, which are half Jew, half Greek. Then it says, and also to the Greeks. And you see that being poured out throughout the book of Acts as the, as the gospel grows. Listen, Paul was never ashamed of his ministry to the Gentiles, even though the church was first primarily made up of Jewish believers. That wasn't true among all the apostles, was it? Of all people, Peter found himself ashamed. Peter was called to minister to that same kind of group of people. Remember, God showed him this incredible vision of this great sheet that came down with all of these kinds of animals. And God said, arise and eat. And Peter said, no, Lord. <laughs> I'm a good Jewish boy. I'm not eating that stuff. I'm not eating that barbecue, you know. No, sir. And God said, what I have called good, you can't call common. You know, you can't, you, can't, you can't say that it's not worthy when I've said that it is worthy. 
at that point. And what he's talking about is not what you're eating, is it's the people that you're going to. Because he immediately then sends him off to minister to Gentiles. Now, there comes a point to where Peter is ministering amongst the Gentiles and a group of Jewish believers come and suddenly Paul or Peter turns his back against the Gentiles and begins to kind of schmooze with the Jewish believers. And Paul said, I withstood him to his face because he was wrong. You know, there's a time when we get ashamed of the very calling that God's given to us because maybe it is a little bit different. You have to learn how to be comfortable in, in the person that God's made you. You know, you don't have to sound like the greatest preacher or teacher or whoever it is that you want to model after. You don't have to sound like them, act like them, look like them. God made you. God loves you. God called you to do something for him and for his service. Now, maybe it's like, Paul. maybe you've been appointed a preacher. Maybe you've been appointed a, an apostle. You haven't. Maybe you've been appointed a teacher of the Gentiles. That's Paul's calling. What's yours? What is your calling? Do you know that we get our word call, or we get our word vocation from the Latin word for calling? Your vocation, listen, to be a minister doesn't mean to be a preacher or missionary. To, to be a minister is in whatever vocation that you're in. That's why the Great Commission really ought, instead of just say, simply saying, go and make disciples, the, the, the verb tense, the participle tense is, as you are going, make disciples. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, if it's noble, if it's according to the call of God, it's worthwhile to be a missionary in that place. Maybe it is a teacher. Maybe it's a nurse. Maybe whatever it is, that's your calling. Don't be ashamed of it. God gave it to you, right? Let me give you one more. Number six. Don't be ashamed of the cause. Don't be ashamed of the cause. Look at verse number 12. For this reason. For what reason? I think, I, think it goes, I think it goes all the way back to the beginning of this paragraph, which was in verse number 8 where we started tonight. I think it goes all the way back there because of what, of what Christ has done, because of His testimony, because of the gospel, because He has saved me, because He has called me, because He has used me, because of all those things. I think that's the reason. I think that's the cause. Paul has given his life now to that calling. He's given it to that call. That is his cause. You know, Esther rises up and says, or David, when, uh, when, when David makes his way there to the, um, to the battlefield with the Philistine with Goliath, you know, and he's talking to the rest of the, really the army of Israel. And they're telling him, don't go out there. Don't go out there and fight him. David says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? There is a cause, isn't there? There is a cause for us to share the gospel. There is a cause for us to be the church. There is a cause for us to be unashamed. 
Paul uses it this way, for this cause or for this reason, I also suffer these things. He suffers. He didn't say it's easy. He didn't say that nobody's going to make fun of you. He didn't say nobody's going to give you a hard time. I didn't say, you know, every, every crooked path is going to be straight. It can be difficult. So Paul said, for this reason, I suffer all these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. And here's your song. For I know whom I have believed. I want to say believed. I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. What day? The day that he returns. The day that he comes back. He keeps it all. So we're talking about the cause being who he is, what he's done, what he's done for you, what he's done in you, what he's doing through you. Don't be ashamed of those things. Jesus is coming back, and he'll reward you in due time. Let's pray. Jesus, we recognize that there are situations, you know, that we face constantly. that are opportunities for us to stand firm, to stand strong, to be vocal, or simply to be silent. Father, we ask that you would give us inside of our hearts a commitment to not be ashamed, no matter what, simply because we know you. We know the one that we believe in. And we become persuaded that you are able. And that's enough. Father, we trust you. We pray that you'd make a difference in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together. If I can help you, I want to. If you want to come to the altar, please feel free to. Okay? Sean? This year, at Brit Dayton, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.